we are talking today about what every woman ought to know, but men, uh, truly, this is everything that you really want your woman to know. And uh, this is going to be good. Whether you are, are married or not, um, the, the tools that I believe that God is going to give us today are really going to strengthen the relationships that are most important in our lives. And so uh, this is just kind of a cool time to be together today. We have a guest with us today. Her name is Shanti Feldhahn, and she'll be out here in just a moment. Uh, Shanti holds a master's degree from Harvard University. She was an analyst on Wall Street. Um, some years ago, she decided to take those skills as an analyst in her education and felt God was um, asking her to use those gifts and talents to um, really kind of unpack relationships, and especially those ones that mattered most. She is now a best-selling author. She wrote a couple of novels, but um, she has since started out writing. There's four books here. Uh, this one that we're going to be looking at today is called For Women Only. She then followed that up with one called For Men Only, and then after that came one for teenage girls called For Young Women Only. And then there's a fourth book that actually just came out. Well, it's not even hit the, the bookstores yet, but we have it here, and uh, she will be out in the lobby after she's with us here today, and you can um, check out any of her books and, and meet her. Um, but this is just going to be an amazing time. I, I really think that there is something so powerful that, that is gonna come from Shanti because she's an amazing woman of God. But the insight and wisdom that God has allowed her to have on this subject is just something that's just so powerful for all of our, our relationships. And this knowledge that we begin to grow and, and develop about each other is just so crucial. I think in uh, the book of Colossians, if, you, if you've got your Bible, I want to open there real quick. Colossians chapter 2. Paul, the guy that wrote this letter to the church at Coloss, and he, he, he was trying to get this letter also to the church at Laodicea. It was only about 10, 11 miles away from Colossae. And so um, he's writing this letter encouraging the people there in something that I think he knew that if you are a follower of Jesus, that good followers of Jesus would have wisdom, that they would have understanding, genuine knowledge about all sorts of things, and especially about the people that we interact with the most, and that there would be power and unity that would be brought when we really understand each other well. So look at what Paul says, Colossians chapter 2. It says, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. That as you're united in heart, as there is unity amongst the relationships in your life, and in particular with your significant other, your spouse, that out of that unity comes a depth of understanding. We don't get to the unity without knowledge. It goes on and it says, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom 
and in knowledge. And as you dial into your relationship with the God of the universe, that then the, the byproduct of that is knowledge and wisdom. And then you can kind of begin to apply that in the relationships that are around you. And in particular today, we're, we're talking about the, these relationships with our significant other or our spouse. Now, for those of you that, that aren't married, um, uh, you, you may be someday. And this is so powerful for you. Those of you that are, this may bring healing, this may bring answers to some questions that, that you've had, some issues maybe that have come up. Men, we've been kind of hard on you the last couple of weeks, and when we'll continue to be the next few weeks as we finish up. We won't be hard on you, but we're just setting the standard at a different level. And so women, this is for you today, just bringing up some issues for all of us to consider. Look over at Proverbs chapter 24. It's almost in the middle of your Bible. Proverbs chapter 24. Shanti shared this proverb with me this morning. It was just so cool and so fitting with what we just read. Proverbs chapter 24, look at verse 3. It says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And as we begin to apply knowledge and understanding and wisdom into the relationships that matter the most in your life, it'll bring these rare and beautiful treasures right into the midst of your home. And so we have about a half hour to, to do that, to gain some knowledge here with Shanti and the insights that she has had as she has began to study these issues. And just begin to see how, women, if, if having a house of joy and rare and beautiful treasures of relationship in your home is something that matters to you, then this is stuff that you ought to know. And men, this is something that you want your women to know about. And great conversations are going to come from this. So would you give a warm welcome to Miss Shanti Feldhahn? <laughs> It's no surprise that guys want more sex. No, I mean, no woman on the planet would exactly. think that was a surprise. What was the shocker was why. There's always some guy who grabs a book off the end of the book table and he's off on the side doing one of these. And I look up and I say, you're looking at the sex chapter, aren't you? And you know what? They always are. <laughs> Yay, you're here. This is good. We've had a good time so far, and uh, just a real blessing to have you here, Shanti. And um, so good, so good. Are you on? I don't know there if I'm go. on. Am I on? We're good. All right, good. Yes. You guys didn't want to hear this subject anyway, right, girls? <laughs> no, no girl likes to hear about boys. We've yeah. never been interested in that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give people what they need today. This is good. Um, why don't we just dive right in? Would you talk to us a little bit about the journey of how you, you decided to write this book and felt you needed to? Yeah, well, <laughs> the subtitle of the book is um, What You Need to Know About the Inner Lives of Men. And men always basically say, how do you know? <laughs> you know, which is a totally legitimate question. It's like, you're a girl. How do you know about what's going on inside me as a man? 
And um, you know, I wish, it's a legitimate question, I wish I could say that I set out originally to sort of create this great research study, but honestly, I just stumbled over this stuff. I was actually doing the research um, for my last novel, and one of the uh, characters in the novel, one of the main characters actually was a man, and he was a, a good, you know, decent husband and father, but as a woman, you realize how little you understand about how men really think when you have to write their thoughts. Okay, right, it's, it's a novel. I couldn't just say what the guy was doing. I had to actually say what he was thinking. And I realized I had no idea what a guy would be thinking, you know, down in some really personal situations, down in his heart of hearts. And so originally, I just set out to interview a bunch of guys. And, um, it, you know, if my husband and I were out to dinner with another couple, I'd go to the other husband and I'd say, can I interview you? <laughs> and I, I basically, I'd describe a particular scene in the book, you know, one of many, and I would say, you know, here's this scene, what would you as a man be thinking in this situation? And honestly, I found myself shocked half of the time, and usually the other guy's wife was shocked too half the time. And um, I, I realized this, as I started doing more and more and more of these interviews, and you know, I was going up to the guys behind the counter at Starbucks eventually and asking them what they would be thinking in the scene. And um, I realized I was hearing stuff that was really, um, really foundational, really fundamental. It wasn't like off in a corner somewhere. It was stuff that was like daily life. And I'd been married almost 10 years at that point, and I thought, why have I not heard this before? Mm. And so that's why I knew it couldn't stop with mm. just the novel. So then what got you from that moment to here's, here's the book? How, how did you bridge that? Well, <laughs> basically, I, um, I, I knew because I was really sort of hearing surprising things that women probably wouldn't believe me, mm -hmm. honestly, about what I was finding. And you know, you mentioned I have this analytical background, right. and so God actually made a way, really, it was really cool, He made a way for me to hire um, a big professional survey company to do a national, nationally representative scientific survey of men across the country. And at the end of that survey, everything I had been finding in all of those anecdotal interviews was, was borne out. I hadn't wow. just interviewed the hundred weirdest men on the planet right. in that process. <laughs> and so that's really what forms the core of this, because it's really just about the surprises. I mean, there's tons of wonderful marriage books out there. I'm not a psychologist or a family therapist. Um, I really just wanted, as an analyst, to focus on the things that we as women don't get and need to get. And that basically is, is how that information you ended up processing here was in terms mm -hmm. of uh, seven surprises or revelations about the, the inner lives of men. And so we're going to walk through some of those seven right here, and you can check the book out on your own for the rest. They are all phenomenal, incredible, and, and way more depth to them than we'll go into here. But um, let's just dive right in. The, the first one here. Uh, that we'll dive into. Um, you say, men would rather feel alone and unloved than inadequate and disrespected. 
Yeah. Talk to us about that just a little bit. This is, this is one of these areas that understanding this one thing about men is so um, foundational to understanding everything else, basically, right. which is why we have to cover it first. It's the difference, the surprise is the difference between the primary need that we as women have, you know, in our, our marriage or our boyfriend, you know, whatever the romantic relationship is, and the primary need the difference that we have versus the need that they have. Mm -hmm. And the, see, we women, we most want to feel loved, right ladies? I mean, that's really what lights us up, to feel like he loves us and he cherishes us. And that's sort of what we think is the whole point of the thing, really, is feeling that he loves us. And it's a huge eye-opener surprise for a lot of us to find out that if our man had to make a choice, which he would hope never to have to make, Okay, but right. if he had to make a choice, he would probably choose to give up feeling that we love him if he could just feel that we respect him. Which is right in what Scripture says, it Ephesians is. 5. It is that very much that, that husbands are to yeah. love their wives and wives respect their husbands. And I had never... In, in, I mean, I'd read that passage right. before. I had never really seen that. It's a very in-depth passage, right? Yeah. I had never really noticed that where, yeah, husband's supposed to love, wives are supposed to respect. I'd also never noticed that God never once says, wives, love your husbands. Hmm. Never once. And, you know, we women, we're really good at showing love, aren't we? We're sort of naturally do that. And what I hadn't realized is that is not what men most need. That's not how God wired them. Of course, we both need love and we both need respect, of course. Right. But it was almost like we needed to be told, you know, that's not what he most needs. He most needs to feel that you are choosing to demonstrate respect for him, regardless of whether you think he's earned it that day. And that's really where the rubber meets the road for us right. as women, because we have bought into this cultural idea, and I have no idea where this sort of assumption comes from, right. but this cultural idea that love is supposed to be unconditional, but respect has to be earned. How many of us would have agreed with that? I know I sure would have, yeah. yeah. But you look at that passage in Ephesians 5, you realize that's a totally unbiblical idea. And not only that, but, I mean, if it really is true that he needs to feel your, that you respect him most of all, if you only demonstrate respect or trust you, to him when you think he's earned it that day, it would be as devastating for him as it would be for you if he only loved you when you were lovable. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. And in, in your findings, it wasn't so much that the, 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 the women didn't respect their husbands, but it was just that maybe they would do things that they didn't know were communicating <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, that, that is actually one of the things that really was encouraging to men to hear is that in the survey of women, the vast majority of women, I think it was like 96, 97%, said that they generally do respect or trust, you know, they do believe in the, the man mm -hmm. that they're with. They just don't know that they're doing and saying these things that he's taking as disrespect. Hmm. You know, like, okay, silly example, but this is one that many men mentioned where, and we've all been in the situation, ladies, where our husband or boyfriend is driving in circles and refusing to stop and ask for directions, okay? <laughs> Who here has not been in that situation? 
I didn't think so, okay. And what I hadn't ever realized, because I've been very guilty of this, is that the men, what they privately told me is that when their wife or their girlfriend sits in the passenger seat and says, honey, please just stop and ask for directions, what they're accurately hearing is, I don't trust you. And if you think about it, ladies, that is actually what we're saying, isn't it? <laughs> We are actually saying, I don't trust you to find your way, so let's stop and ask some other man for directions. You can see how that might be a bit of an issue. Yeah. And we think it's silly, it shouldn't matter, you know, yeah. kind of get over it. But I realized we're saying that because it wouldn't bother us, it wouldn't matter to us. Mm. But guys apparently see it as a giant, it's not a silly little thing to them, it's a giant signal to them of how their wife really feels about them. Does, does, it, does their, their ego take a hit in the midst of that? Or, I mean, because that's the other question then really is, is okay, if, if I go overboard on respecting him, is that gonna puff up his already overinflated head? <laughs> how do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, yeah. Just, just <laughs> plain and simple. You know, it's really, it's funny. I realized when I started listening to what these guys were telling me privately, you know, I realized I totally bought into a lie, a complete fabrication, which is we women, we think you men that you look so confident in yourselves, you know? And some of us think, you know what? He may look a little too confident in himself and need to be taken down a peg or two, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah, some ladies are being <laughs> honest over there, yep. And instead, what I was hearing from these men when they were able to sort of share safely, you know, with me, is that inside, they look, they look confident outside, but inside, they're going around basically with this feeling. I'm really not sure I know exactly what I'm doing, and I hope nobody finds out. It's the way I feel right now, actually. That's, <laughs> a, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, okay? You just said out loud what men are sort of feeling secretly inside, and sometimes not even really being able to articulate it, you know? But it's a sense of self-doubt that's a real big deal for them. And I realized if they really do have this vulnerability, if they really do have this insecurity in there, what an incredible opportunity we as women have to look for every chance that we can possibly find to build them up. What an incredible way that we can impact their lives in a way that I had never even realized was necessary. We all love affirmation, right? I mean, all of us do, men and women. I just didn't realize it was so necessary because of how men were secretly feeling about mm. themselves. And that it could drive them even deeper than they already are or you perceive them to be if, if, yeah. if that. If you do tease them or take them down or, yeah, I mean, it's part of, it goes back to the respect thing. You know, we, we say, I love you, but at the same time, you know, we can be criticizing him a lot. You know, we can, if we are questioning his decisions all the time or teasing him in public, you know, we may be thinking, ah, he can take it, you know. But instead, it's not like he's starting with some inflated view of himself. Right. It's really, he's starting with a view of himself that is very doubtful. Right. Every, every guy, almost every guy that I talked to, said that he felt like the biggest thing that he needed was his wife to be his biggest cheerleader. You know, to recognize his weaknesses, 
to recognize his faults, and yes, he makes mistakes, but to believe in him anyway. And, and that sense of she's choosing to respect and affirm me is much more powerful, even especially when there's maybe been some things he's done that has disappointed her. And many men have felt like the way they put it was that they felt like they couldn't really be the hero they wanted to be. They couldn't really be that strong, respectable man they wanted to be mm. without that sense of being believed in by mm. their wives. Mm. That, that um, part in, in this, this area uh, that, that just jumped out at me, and then Anna, my wife and I were watching a video of yours a couple days ago, and um, there was a quote that just got us talking, and we, we shared a pretty cool moment over it, and it reminded me of something that my mom and dad would say a lot, that to this day was probably the most important thing for me to hear, and so this confirmed that. And it said something like, a man's heart is powerfully touched by a few simple words. I'm so proud of you. Can you speak yeah. to that for just a sec? We, we women, we need to realize that what touches a man's heart in some ways is very different from what touches ours. We, <laughs> we love to hear I love you as women. You know, that really lights us up. But I, I learned pretty quickly it doesn't really do to coo to your husband, oh, honey, I respect you so much. You know, for a while I was doing that to my husband, and he was finally like, stop. <laughs> Just just stop, you know, it's like, that's sort of something they, that he, the way he said it is, I want to see you do it, not say it. But there is this phrase that you can say that absolutely touches the core of your man's heart, which is, honey, I'm so proud of you. Because it does touch on all those things he most needs to hear. Hmm. Cool. Let's move on to the next revelation here that we'll talk about uh, today. And... Um, this one is right in the dead center of, of uh, this series that we've been doing here and uh, addresses the man, man's need for um, sex. And, uh, but here's the revelation. Your, you say here to women, your sexual desire for your husband profoundly affects his sense of well-being and confidence in all areas of his life. And the quote that was so huge in here, the, the stat that was so huge to me in here was that 98% um, of men said that just getting enough sex wasn't enough. Yeah. That it was being wanted and desired by their wives that is what really mattered. Yeah, this is, I realized as I started hearing what these guys were telling me, we women, we've got a fundamental misunderstanding about what physical intimacy means to our husbands. See, we women, we think of physical intimacy in marriage as sort of primarily a physical need for him. You know, that's sort of the category we put it in, right, ladies? We sort of think it's a physical need, it's a physical urge for him. And you know what? Probably like a lot of the women in here, I've got two little kids, and when you've been pulled on by little hands all day, sleep seems like a physical need too. <laughs> and what I realized, though, when I was talking to the guys about this and asking them, what is the importance of this in your life? because all my girlfriends were saying, ask them what the importance of this is in their life. What, what I kept hearing from the men had absolutely nothing to do with the physical, nothing. What I kept hearing was this huge emotional need that they couldn't get met any other way. And, and 
we said what the need is, ladies. It's the need that every man has to feel that his wife desires him and that she wants him. And if a guy feels, and listen, listen close on this one. This is so critical. Here's what happens. If a guy feels that his wife desires him, it gives him a sense of confidence and a sense of well-being in every other area of his life. And conversely, if he doesn't actually feel desired, if he feels like it's a little too easy for her to say no or I'm tired, you know, it gives him this dragging sense of, I must be so undesirable, I can't even compete with her pillow, you know? And it gives him this dragging sense of depression and a lack of well-being in every other area of his life. And obviously what you're hearing there, that is not primarily a physical need at all. And you speak to this a little bit, but you can kind of see why, um, where if respect issue or this desire issue is not necessarily taking place in the home or it's lacking at home, where the temptation to fall into an unhealthy relationship in the workplace or somewhere else where you are getting those um, words and, and that attention can be um, such an issue. Can you talk to that just a little bit? Not that it would excuse anybody, a man yeah. diving into that, but um, talk to that just for a moment. You know, that's a great way of putting it. This, this helped me understand something of, you can't ever excuse it because right. we're all responsible for our choices, but it finally helped me get it a little bit, understand of, and, and it makes sense when you think about it, ladies. If, if it is true that a guy's primary need is to feel respected and he has a secret sort of self-doubt and he needs to be affirmed and it's something that's very powerful for him, it is totally understandable suddenly how if he's not feeling affirmed, if he's feeling criticized a lot, for example, and here at work, he's got people who are looking up to him and admiring him, and they do respect him, and they don't question his decisions all the time. And, and suddenly, you know, maybe he's got the, the admiring female coworker who just thinks, wow, you know, you got it going on. And that would have a, a huge pull to want to spend more time in an environment where it just fills that thing in his heart that needs to feel that, but he wants to most feel that from his wife, you know, obviously. Mm. But you can kind of, I finally understood why a guy might unhealthfully gravitate that direction. Obviously, no excuse if he chooses to, but maybe it does account sometimes, and I think it probably did in my own marriage, just quite honestly, I would frequently meet my husband at the door. He's a lawyer, and he works very long hours, and, and I, when we were living in New York City, we're you know, lawyers have no life, I would often greet him at the door with basically, you know, why are you working so late? Don't you care about me? I didn't realize that it was just confirming this sort of secret self-doubt he already had of, I have no idea how to be a good husband. You know, I have no idea what I'm doing. And that maybe he'd feel a little more affirmed over here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it is something that we have to what, be mindful of. What, what's the translation then if this wanting to be wanted and, and desired is so strong, then how does that translate into pornography for a lot of guys? This, this finally, again, this, I finally got something that has puzzled me for years and probably <laughs> puzzles a lot of the women sitting in this room right now because we've probably wondered, what is the big deal with pornography? What is the lure of it? What's the attraction? It's a picture. 
you know? And I finally, in this research, realized what it was. One, one guy put it perfectly. He said, here's, here's what it is. Every one of those pictures, they're all different, but every one of those pictures has the same message, just one message. It's a sensual woman looking out through the camera at you as a man and saying, I want you. You know, basically saying, you're the most desirable man in the world. And, you know, I kind of still think it's still just a picture, but it tugs on that thing in a man's heart that so wants to feel desirable as a man, only he wants to feel that from his wife. This next one is related, but, um, but, it, but it's huge, and it has to deal with how visual men are. Um, this is a big one. Here's the revelation. Even happily married men, you say, struggle with being pulled toward live and recollected images of other women. Okay, go for it. Describe that. You're going to hand me this hot potato, right? All right. That's a big one. (laughs) You know what? Here's really what the issue is. We women, we know that men are visual. We've all heard this many times. But you ask us, you know, ask the average woman, what does that mean? And we kind (laughs) of get this puzzled look on our face. We're like, I don't know what that means. And so, ladies, this one is a little challenging to hear. To hold on your seats just a little bit. It means two things to say that men are visual. It means, first, even the most godly, devoted husband can't not notice the woman who's dressed in a way that calls attention to a good figure. Can't not notice. Even if he chooses not to look, which we hope he chooses not to look, her existence on the planet is noted. Okay? You know, the way one guy described it, he said, you know what, if I am in Home Depot minding my own business, I'm just there to get a power saw or something, and a woman who's dressed in a way that calls attention to a great figure walks in the door, he said, even if I'm going to honor God and honor my wife and honor the other woman, by the way, and, you know, I'll turn away until she passes, I'm always aware she's in there somewhere. (laughs) Okay? All the men in the room were like, (laughs) huh. (laughs) (laughs) But that one thing is so, um, that first thing is so difficult for us to sort of get sometimes, but the second one is even more difficult because only about 20% of women are wired visually, and the rest of us have no grid for this. So the second thing that it means to say that men are visual is that that image that that guy just saw of Home Depot girl could be burned into his brain and become part of what my husband calls a mental Rolodex. Hmm. A mental Rolodex or like picture files on your computer and any of these pictures sort of pop up at any time in the future without warning. And the first time that I heard this, yeah, yeah, all these images popping up and honestly, the first time that I heard this, I And the second time and the tenth time, I did not know what guys were talking about. They just would mention these images coming back. And and so finally, my husband and I were driving in the car one day, and I said, okay, honey, I'm hearing these things about these pictures popping up in your head, and what is that about? And he, he said, you know what? I bet we're experiencing reality the same way, and we're just probably using different words to describe it. So he said, let me give you an example. He said, okay, you know that movie that we saw last week with Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. He said, okay, you think he's an attractive man, right? Yeah. Okay, 
the next day after we've seen one of his movies, how many times will an image of Tom Cruise with his shirt off or something just sort of rise up in your head? How many times does that happen the next day? Never. And he, Jeff said, no, 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 I must not be explaining myself correctly. He said, you know, you're sitting at your desk, maybe you're not doing anything sensual at all, and all of a sudden a, a movie of Tom Cruise taking his shirt off just suddenly pops up and plays across the screen of your mind. He said, how many times does that happen the next day? Never. I enjoy him when I see him, but he doesn't come back. <laughs> And that's the difference, ladies. Home Depot girl comes back. And here's the key. Oh, you've got to understand this. Here's the key. She comes back even if he doesn't want her there. Because here is what guys have to do. If they want to honor their wife and, and honor their God in their thought life, what happens is when that image pops into their mind or they see the woman with the spaghetti strap top walking across the parking lot, they have to say, stop it. I don't want to be thinking about that right now. Don't look. Tear it down. And then five minutes later, bing, she could be back. And they have to go through that again and again. And basically, stop it. Don't think about cars, sports. Think about my wife. Think Tom about Cruise, anything. whatever. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> if they're thinking about Tom Cruise, they might have another that's issue a, that needs to be covered. But <laughs> I think that's week seven here in this series. But this does, it really did point out something to me, how universal this was and how much that temptation is so exhausting in this culture exhausting for a guy to have to constantly be reining his thoughts in, thoughts he does not want to have in his head, even in church. Okay. You tagged on there, even in church. And so th this, is, this is the tough question. Um, how does this all relate to the way then that, that women dress, whether it is in the workplace yeah. or public or, or even here? At, at church. Yeah. We, what we women don't realize is that it is because there is an automatic temptation, and I should say right up front, there is a difference between temptation and sin, right? Okay? Jesus was tempted in every way and yet without sin, mm -hmm. okay? But the d issue is what does he do with that? And what we as women need to understand is that when we dress in a particular way that really that shows off our, our figure, that it automatically presents this temptation, this involuntary temptation to a guy that then he has to stop and rein in and not think about and tear down. And it's exhausting and it's distracting apparently for guys. You know, I've had so many men who have told me, you know, they're just, they're just in church, they just want to worship God and, and then three rows in front of them you know, there's a woman who's wearing the spaghetti straps or the tight this or the cleavage that, and it's like, it's like this magnet. They don't want to be looking, but it's sort of like one guy described as driving past a car wreck and not looking. Okay? You know, it's, it's neat. No, stop. And it's so distracting, and they just want to focus on the Lord. Or, you know, if they're at work, they just want to focus on work. And the thing that I'll, I'll tell the guys in the room, and I know that the men aren't going to believe me because I've talked to enough of them about this, but it's true is that the vast majority of women do not understand what we're doing to you when we dress that way. We are just trying to be attractive. 
we do not understand the temptation that is tempted to rise up in your brain when that happens. Do you want me to say what that is? Yeah. Do you want me to say what the temptation is? I, I had um, uh, one dad who approached me at some point. We were talking about this, and he was sharing a story of how his conservative college-age daughter, very cute girl, and I know she's very sweet, innocent girl, um, that she had said, you know, there was a guy coming over she kind of liked, and so she just dressed in her little tennis outfit, you know, just happened to walk by. And the dad said, what is she thinking, you know? And I, and I said, here's what she's thinking. She's thinking he thinks I'm cute. And this dad said, cute has nothing to do with it. He is picturing her naked. <laughs> and I said, oh, Okay, that's what we don't get. <laughs> that's what we don't understand is the automatic temptation that a guy has to fight back. I mean, even Job, the finest man in all the earth, God said, even Job had this temptation. Right, right. So I, I always tell women, hear me on this, ladies. I know the vast majority, according to my survey, 96% of, of the younger crowd that, where this is usually more of an issue don't get this. They are just trying to be attractive. They're just trying to wear what's in style. We need to learn this so that we don't present a stumbling block to our brothers, so we don't present a stumbling block to some happily married man who doesn't want you in there. That's great. Great stuff. Just got a couple minutes left here, but um, this revelation was, was great. If you'd speak to it for just, just a moment. It deals with... Uh, man's concern with, with appearance, um, and uh, so this, this is the interesting revelation. Women, he doesn't need you to be a size three, but he does need you to make the effort to take care of yourself for him, and he'll willingly help you. Now, this is one of those, th this is a tough one, because most guys would not know how to have this conversation with their spouse or significant other. Men have a healthy sense of self-preservation. Right, <laughs> right, right. Which is probably a good thing in this case. Yeah. You know, I, I realize there really is another blind spot. We women, um, what we don't realize, again, there's an emotional component to this. And I had no idea that how I, if I had effort, if I had made an effort to take care of myself, that that my husband took that as she cares about me. And I did not also realize that if I was not, if he didn't think that I was willing to make the effort to take care of myself, I also didn't realize that he felt she doesn't care about me. Hmm. I did not realize that these two go hand in hand. And the encouraging thing is, is that almost every guy, and this actually, we tested this on the survey, the vast majority of men, they don't want their wife, they don't expect their wife to look just like she did the day that they met. They don't expect her to be a size three, which for most of us is a very good thing. But, but they do deeply, they're deeply affected emotionally if they see their wife being willing to make an effort to take care of herself for him. And it's just the effort that really matters to them. Hmm. And I thought that that was a very, actually, oddly encouraging. But yeah, you can't, this is not one that you can tackle your husband about, right. you know. Right, yeah. Well, as you, as you pose the question then, if just open-ended to the men in the survey, if there was one thing that yeah. you could really communicate to the women in your life, 
um, what, what would it be? What would that one thing be that you want to want to make sure that, that um, woman, not women, hopefully, um, <laughs> would really understand about, about you? Well, you know, we, this was actually one that was interesting because we gave the men a blank space on this one. Everything else was multiple choice. And we basically said, I think the way we worded the question is, what's the one most important thing you wish your wife knew but feel you can't explain to her or tell her? And I thought it would be a chance for the men to vent, honestly, or say, I want more sex or whatever it is. And instead, when I got the spreadsheets back, I almost started crying, honestly, because the top answer by far, the one most important thing I wish my wife knew is how much I love her. And I realized wow, our guys really do have such goodwill towards us. And it was such an encouragement to me to say, you know, maybe for so long I'd been sort of expecting that he had all the work to do to learn me and that there were all these things that I needed to learn about him and encouragement to do that work to learn him. And, you know, especially since God has given us so much power as women. We have such power in our hands to either build our man up or to tear them down. It was such an encouragement to be willing to learn this and use that power well. That's huge, Shanti. Just uh, the more knowledge and understanding that we have of each other really just is, increases the love that, yeah. that we have there in the home. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing. Well, thank you very much for being here. Thank really, you. really appreciate really, really it. Really, really appreciate and, uh, it. Just give her a hand. Thank, thank you. you. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time together, the insight that we've received today. Lord, we just take this moment to acknowledge that you are an amazing God that has given us the gift of relationship, and especially these relationships in the context of marriage, the ones that boyfriends, girlfriends that are headed that direction. Lord, it's such an amazing thing. But I ask God that you would continue to give us knowledge and wisdom and insight and understanding into each other, that we might continue to find the real depth of, of love that, that you intended for us. So we just stand under your greatness in this moment and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.